Hello and welcome to another episode of Freed from Feminism. On today's show, we are going to be talking about the highly debated topic, modesty. To be honest, I don't know why this is highly debated, but we will talk about that today. Uh, it seems that amongst Catholics, especially, it's there's always questions on modesty, like what, what does modesty mean? Why do females have to dress modestly? What is modest for a female? Uh, how it affects others? What is modesty meant to men? So there's a lot of things to talk about today. Yes, and we are fully prepared for like Armageddon to come down on our heads after this episode because there are there really is not many subjects within the Catholic sphere that are more contentious than modesty. I can't think of maybe another handful of, mm-hmm. <laughs> of topics that is so um, full of emotion and misunderstanding and vitriol, really, when you get online. Goodness gracious, it's... Um, it can be pretty fierce, so hopefully oh, yeah. we can bring some some calmness to it, but also a little bit of reality. And we should say, too, that, you know, we're mainly a podcast for women, although we know we have male listeners as well. Uh, so we're not really here to talk about whether whose sin it is and um, all the theology. Well, we'll mention some behind it. Um, we're more here of like, we are women. What is our role? Why should it be our role? Right. And, and those kinds of things. Exactly. Hopefully um, in the future, we can have a guest on who can talk about the theology behind it because... More qualified uh, than us. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> um, because modesty is an actual virtue. It's, it's not something that um, necessarily is just subjective to everyone's own opinion. It's an actual virtue that can be defined in some respects um, from our faith. So again, we're not going to be getting into that today, but hopefully we can uh, get a guest on soon to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Today, we'll just talk um, a little bit about the myths of modesty, kind of like the, the general arguments that you will always get when you talk about modesty, at least online, Um, why we should even care or, you know, why we should even care about modesty and truthfully how easy and fun it is to dress modestly on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Well, to start off, um, I don't have an official definition of modesty, but in general here, we'll be talking mainly about modesty and dress. Although I was actually surprised to find out one time that it's also modesty and action, you know, not mm flailing around and talking about everything all the time and getting attention. (laughs) I'm not very good at defining these things, but (laughs) modesty, not flailing around. I love it. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like when people, I, I guess when I think of modesty, the best way for me to sort of understand it is to think of the symbol of a veil. I mean, that's essentially what modesty is. You're you're veiling yourself. Now, it's easy to think of it in dress, but also in action. You are not there for attention, exposing everything out in the open, uh, whether it be your body or your mind and your thoughts. Uh, it's all about veiling yourself. Uh, and, and that's why modesty is particularly more women than men, although in a way men should dress modestly too, but it's never really an issue because the woman's body is sacred. Uh, it's set apart. 
it's set apart exactly um and so that's why it's more important to talk about modesty when it comes to women which i guess women get offended by but at the same time it's it's kind of a compliment it's saying that you're more beautiful you're sacred that you should cover up um it's not something to be seen by the eyes of every person in the world is something to be, you know, reserved for, you know, in, in the case of a woman for her husband. That's right. It's, it's such a beautiful virtue and a beautiful concept. I mean, when you can kind of free yourself from the misconceptions about it, it is so incredibly beautiful. I mean, when you think about all the symbolism too. I loved your your example of the veil, Beth. I thought that was beautiful because when you do think about it that way, you can bring in so much amazing imagery from, um, from our faith. The fact that um, obviously Our Lady was veiled in many, a multitude of ways. The fact mm-hmm. that she is, was a virgin mother. The fact that she is the uh, the type of the Ark of the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, um, which was veiled literally, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the Old Testament. And, you know, that's just one example among many. So I think that's, that's such a beautiful um, way of putting it. And once I personally started looking at it as uh, this is actually bringing dignity to my personhood, Mm-hmm. This is actually bringing more peace and less um, less stress. Really, it oh, was yeah. it was kind of um, it was kind of freeing. I hate to use that term again, but it really was because you lose that horrible um, that horrible need to be sexy all the time mm-hmm. to try to be try to be attracting people that you really shouldn't be. That was just me. I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions on anyone else, but you know, that several years ago, that, that actually was me and I'm ashamed to say it, but um, it was really freeing when I kind of got more into my faith and uh, realized how wonderful it really was. Yeah. It, I sort of feel the same way um, because I mean, there was a time particularly in college where I thought I was dressing modestly, but now I look back and I think, gee, maybe what I wore was not as modest, which granted, you know, I went to school in Arizona where it's really hot out. So the majority of college girls dressed a lot less than I did. (laughs) So to me, I was like, oh, I'm modest. Um, But in reality, I look back and I think, gee, I should have worn something else. And I only really ever figured it out when I started dressing a little bit more modestly. But I think one of the big issues that women have uh, with dressing modestly is what is the definition of a modest dress? And there's so many different things you'll read about that because people will argue, well, in such and such culture, this was considered Mm. immodest and now it's not. So am I not modest now? And oh my goodness, I'm showing my ankles, scandalous, you know, (laughs) and (laughs) those kinds of things that, and to me, it's sort of a, it's kind of a Protestanty look at it too, at least when um, I wasn't Protestant growing up, but I was raised with Protestants. And I think that they, you know, they're meaning well, but somehow they've taken this 
modesty concept and turned it into something to be just like obsessed about. It kind of just turns people away. Like we would in, I, I was in this little homeschooling group that was Protestant and the teachers would go around with a ruler and make sure your shorts or dress wasn't more than whatever it was, two, three inches above your knee. And to mm-hmm. me, it was, it, it kind of turns women away from modesty because it's like, oh my goodness, my shorts are three and a half inches and not three inches. I am suddenly immodest. And mm-hmm. I think if you think of modesty in the terms of like, something that can be measured, it kind of loses the concept. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't, like, you you still need something practical. You still need to kind of understand what is a modest dress or not. But I think when we try to put it into this shell of, oh, exactly this much of your knee should be showing and exactly this much of your elbow. Modesty is not mathematical. Yes. (laughs) You're not really, you're getting obsessive now. And you're not just thinking, like, you know, of modesty in the terms, like we said, a veil, something beautiful to bring dignity to yourself. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Oh, yes. Since I was a Protestant, I am very familiar with that uh, attitude. In fact, I went to a university where um, it wasn't the ruler, but it was, I think it was three fingers Oh yeah. So the RAs would come around and I literally got sent home one time because um, my skirt wasn't too short, but in the back, you know, the little slit on the skirt was like one or two inches above where it should have been. And (laughs) I don't even remember if I was cognizant of it or not and just decided to wear it anyway. But um, Mm. yeah, they, they sent me home because of that. So it's, uh, I know what you're talking about. At least they're trying. And and I, and I love that. I love that because it, it, it certainly, um, you know, it's, it's just a dignified way of living. I think, of course, I agree. They, you know, they may take it too far and, you know, Catholicism has that too, that it has the super, radical people who will say, like you said, you know, if you're not in a long jean skirt and a sweater during the summer in Kansas, you are going to hell. So good luck with that. <laughs> you know, it, mm-hmm. there, there's extremes um, everywhere you can find, but. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. And I feel like that's sort of, I mean, maybe it didn't affect you as much, but I feel like if you were another girl in that situation, you could almost be scarred by that. The fact that they sent you home because there was one slit on the side um, of your dress that might not have met the you know measurement um, yeah. rather than just looking at you as a whole and your skirt. And to me, you know, I, maybe it's easier for me and it's harder for other women probably because in this culture, we sort of lost the concept of modesty at all. Like there's just zero concept of modesty. Uh, because for me, when I put on a dress or an outfit or something, and I look at myself in the mirror, I kind of ask, you know, like, is it, do I look feminine? Do I feel comfortable mm. in this? Would I be embarrassed to wear this in front of I don't know, somebody important or uh, maybe even your father, you know? Yes. Like, Nowadays, that's a good test. That's girls, a good test. And it, yeah, it's a good test. I think if you kind of already have a bit of a concept, but it's it's hard. I think that's probably why the Protestants brought in the measurements because some women nowadays, because we've lost the concept, would totally be fine in like 
short shorts and a tank top in front of their dad or at a job interview or something. But to me, I think, oh my gosh, like you, you, you probably shouldn't be wearing that in those situations or, you know. Well, that's so true. However, that to me is the father's responsibility. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. ours. Our responsibility as women should be to be embarrassed to wear, you know, like Daisy Dukes around our dad or yeah. our brothers or something, just because that's awkward. Yes. Not the because they're thinking <laughs> anything, just because it's like kind of icky. It's just like, why yeah. would you want? To? I mean, mm-hmm. ugh. but also, um, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later. On the other hand, on on the male perspective, they should be even less comfortable, especially allowing their daughter or wife or sister to walk out of the house, especially to mass like that. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that speaks to a whole bunch of other problems in our culture. But um, I mean, you're anyways, right. do you want to start talking um, about kind of like the myths of the very common myths that we we receive when we talk about modesty. We should, we should do that. The number one myth that I hear about modesty is that women do not have any responsibility for men. And the example for that, there's a multitude of examples, but the main example is I can wear whatever I want to mass. And if you, a male look are tempted or, you know, actually God forbid lust, you are the pervert. You should get help. I'm not doing anything. I'm just living my life. Yep. So that is a myth because that is a fundamental number one. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of how men work. And number two, and most importantly for us, it is a deep seated pride within ourselves saying that I don't care how what I'm doing is affecting you, men or women. I'm just going to continue to do it even in God's house when I may be offending God. Yep. I think that's the number one thing too, is offending God. I mean, forget what the men think for a second. It's, you shouldn't be offended when a man asks you to perhaps wear something that's modest at mass because you're at mass. And then also you have to realize that you are affecting other men when you are out in public whether it be mass or on the road, but especially mass, you should be concerned about how you're dressed. Like, I don't understand why any Catholic woman shouldn't, because if you, if you truly believe you're in the presence of Jesus, you should think I should look my ultimate best. Um, That's right. Yeah. And it's not, let's be very clear. We're not judging anyone here. It's just, it's, it's kind of strange because at least on my part, I feel like we're talking about such a basic, like base level, common sense, common decency thing Mm -hmm. that it's, it's, you know, in this society now that we live in, it's, it's so much of that has been lost. I mean, it's, we, we do have to talk about it, unfortunately, but like, this is just kind of like a, like I said, a base level human decency kind of um, action we can take to be charitable to our brothers in Christ. Exactly. And, and like you said, most importantly to God. And it, it's not necessarily 
you shouldn't be ashamed of your body. Obviously not. God made your body. We're not going to get into the theology of the body. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful, wonderful, fabulous thing. But it should also, like Beth said at the very beginning, we have such an immense responsibility and power as women. And we have to be so careful how we use that power because our souls and others are really at stake. It's also important to think, you know, we're not telling you that you are the cause of him choosing to sin and stuff. Like I said, I wouldn't talk much about that, but it's, we don't live in a bubble. Like we affect other people, whether we're talking about modesty or our actions, like things we do and say are going to affect other people and, you influence them in some way. Uh, so you can't just think you can dress however you want and everybody's just kind of their own person. Yes, but you have to realize that your dress is going to affect men. Like you can't, you're not going to get around that. Men are, men are visual. So they're going to see you. And I, the least you can do is, not cost them to sin. I don't, I don't really, exactly. It could be personally no, to me, but I'm like, I don't really understand why this is so highly debated. It's like, no, I, <laughs> I totally get, yeah, you're, you're completely right. And it brings us to our next myth, which is modesty is, you know, a tool of the patriarchy to control and subjugate women. That's just laughable. Be right. Could there be anything more secular than that statement? Like, like yeah, exactly. You shouldn't be Catholic and believe in that statement, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so silly um and also it's kind of i have to be honest it's kind of offensive because i personally have some incredibly wonderful men in my life and it's it's been an issue with me because of these wonderful men in my life who are trying so hard to be virtuous mm-hmm. and they you know when they go to mass and they see these teenagers or, you know, young twenties or even more. I mean, nowadays it could be, you know, a mother or grandmother Mm -hmm. coming to mass in quite literally a negligee. It's not like they're lusting after them, but it's, it's a distraction. Mm -hmm. It's a distraction for me. (laughs) Like to see a, a woman dressed that way going up to like, um, be a, uh, what do you call it? An extraordinary minister or something. Not only now are you just distracting the people around you, but now you're distracting the entire congregation. So on behalf of all those wonderful, virtuous men out there, it's, it's so hurtful to them. It's so, it's so, you know, it can bring them to despair. I mean, I saw this this guy on Twitter the other day who was, I think, 19 years old. Extremely well-spoken young man, at least online. And he put out this, really, it was a plea to Catholic women to dress modestly at Mass. Because he is trying so hard to be virtuous. And to go to Mass and see so many women dressed so blatantly and modestly, it was, it really, it's a heavy burden, especially mm-hmm. for these super young guys, you know, who, who are right in that time frame of, 
Um, what hormones are high. <laughs> exactly. Hormones are high and it's, you know, you're not married yet or, you know, you're just starting the priesthood. What, what have you? It's just, it, what, what can we as women say to that? Like, mm-hmm. I just can't imagine saying to a man, you know, you're just a pervert for saying that you just need to go get help. Yeah. That wasn't, it's- he wasn't trying to control or subjugate. He was literally pleading with people. And it just broke my heart. Yeah. I think to understand the women, I was trying to put myself in the shoes of a woman who was told by somebody like that or somebody else, like maybe you should dress modestly at mass and why they get so offended. Like a good Catholic woman, um, would she, is she offended because she thought she was dressing modestly and, you know, she thought the dress was really cute and it was brand new and she wanted to wear it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so now she's told, oh my goodness, you know, maybe that's not a modest dress. And she's just like, what? I thought it was modest and now is embarrassed or something. Is yeah. that why she's getting offended? Um, because if that's not the situation, she probably knows it's not the most modest dress. And in that case, you really shouldn't get offended if somebody says you should cover up a little bit more, you know? That, I don't know. I was trying to put myself in the shoes of the people who make these arguments and, and try to decide, like, why is it so hard to just wear something nice to mass? I was I was there, to be honest, Beth. Like, you know, 10 years ago, I was definitely that person. I mm-hmm. would have. And I'm obviously not going to speak for everyone. I, th- I think there is. I know women who definitely would have been completely shocked by someone saying that their dress was immodest. Totally, there absolutely are women like that out there. So was and, it because they they thought it was modest and somebody told them it wasn't? Or did they really well, think it was immodest to be immodest? I Well, that's where, where I was getting to is I think some, maybe most, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, Speak, be, be paint with a broad brush here. But for my... And I hate, I hate to admit it because it's just, it's so shameful, but, um, I, for the, for the most part, I knew I was dressing cutely. I knew because I wanted to attract, I didn't necessarily want to attract like, and cause people to, to lust or anything, Mm -hmm. but I was interested in boys. Yeah. And so I wanted to attract boys (laughs) and I, it never even occurred to me that, you know, at the time I was a Protestant, so it was a little different, but I had no idea what a mortal sin was. And, you know, again, we're not even going to get into that, but like, I had no idea how profoundly, um, sad it was that I was acting this way because I didn't know that I was causing men to, to think inappropriately, essentially. Yeah. Think, so there's definitely degrees, is, yeah. I guess, my point. No, I really, I like the way you said it, because I think it kind of goes into uh, another myth that we mentioned was that good, virtuous men are only attracted to scantily clad women. Um, yes. It, because you're right. It's, it's something in women. We know this dress looks nice on me. The men will look at me, you know, like it, you're aware of it in some way, even if it's in the, in the, it's not at the forefront of your mind, maybe, but you kind of know that when you wear certain outfits, but it's sort of a myth in the sense that you can 
you don't have to be wearing something that's maybe considered immodest in order to attract a woman's attention, which I think I'd also like to mention the other myth that you don't necessarily only have to dress like a 1950s housewife to be modest. Like, modesty exactly. isn't like a certain zone of fashion. It's, no, it's no. just like we mentioned the veil again, you know, your body is sacred. Like, you you got to think how much of my body am I showing? And look at it from that perspective rather than, like we said, the measurements or even like I have to wear this trad dress. It's more of like, am I showing off a lot of myself? Can he see what I look like underneath? Like how much is left up to the Mm. imagination and and take it from from that? So that's what I would have to say for that. Yeah, it's strange. It's like, whenever you talk about modesty like this, people immediately go to that, like, oh, you just want to be a 50s housewife. Yeah. Well, no, first of all, because at least from my perspective, 50s got us 60s and then 70s and 80s. So (laughs) how about a medieval housewife? How's that? Yeah. I'm good with that. No. No, I I like that. We should bring back those fashions. Um, but actually, seriously, they they have really pretty dresses back then. But maybe that's just an art. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's so I mean, there are 15 myths that we could talk about. We could talk about them for about, you know, five hours easily. But um, yeah, the, the last two you mentioned, the fact that ger- good and virtuous men are attracted to scantily clad women. That is... Again, I don't want to paint with such a broad brush. There are good and virtuous men that are, of course, attracted to scantily clad women. But will they want to marry them? Do they think, do they actually think highly of them in their minds? I would say no. Because the natural reaction is to be attracted to them. But automatically, uh, you know a man's mind will put them in that box of not wife material. Yep. Not mother material. And so as a woman, you have to, you have to ask yourself, what, what do I really want? I mean, do I want men to look at me like a piece of meat or do I want a man to look at me like, you know, the existentially beautiful creature that we really are? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you have anything else to say on that? No. No, that's good. I like what you said. And then the last uh, myth, at least the one, the last that I want to talk about, if you have another one, uh, please. Um, The last myth that we have today is uh, a very common argument that I've gotten lately online is what about the prostitute or the scantily clad woman who is called by the Holy Spirit into mass that day. You know, how dare we kick them out because God wants them there. Isn't it okay that they're there? Isn't that just okay? Doesn't God just want them there? He doesn't care how they dress. Oh yeah. I think I, this one, I just, I don't know why they're bringing it up either. Cause it's like, no, of course we just aren't going to ban her, like throw her out. Cause you everybody's at a different level and we're talking to the you know your average woman going to mass who should know better 
Like there's that category. You should know better. And then there's those who aren't quite at that level. They don't have a concept maybe of modesty yet because they don't have a concept of the Lord yet. So of course we shouldn't be like, you are welcome here. I don't know what you have to say about it. Well, to me, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, but to me, it's just a red herring completely because it, it actually, it's kind of like the, in the abortion argument of the rape and incest argument of, you know, Oh, but what if, what if arguments? Well, okay. Does that happen? Sure. Is it 10% of what happens? No, it's not. 5% of what happens, it's like 1% or less Mm -hmm. of what happens. Exactly what you said. We're talking about the people who regularly go to mass, regularly go to, you know, Catholic schools, etc., who have the opportunity and the knowledge and the tradition, you know, in the palm of their hands that they can, they can kind of um, access and so that that's kind of who we're we're talking to. So again, yeah, if a prostitute really wants to come to church, absolutely. But you know what? If she's being called in by the Holy Spirit, who by the way is the spouse of Our Lady, who is the queen of all modesty, I can guarantee you if someone offered her a shawl or something at the door, she would take it. Mm-hmm. Because that's what Catholic churches instill in you. Take it from a Protestant convert right here. When you walk into a Catholic church for the first time, in general, you start crying because you've never been in the presence of Christ before. Mm-hmm. You've never experienced that reverence and that awe and it instills something in you or it should instill something in you so even if in that one percent a skinnily clad woman you know wants to come to mass okay offer her a shawl but even if you don't have a shawl okay that that again that's a red herring argument we really shouldn't be talking about it we're talking about everyone else that you know and also along the same line the Catholic Church does have standard of dress for mass and for other other things. I mean, this this argument for um, the red herring argument, you know, they they try to say, you know, well, that uh, how dare we impose something that Christ doesn't impose? Well, I will just simply point you to our clergy, point you to our religious sisters, point you to our bishops point you to our Holy Father, (laughs) who have the ultimate standardized dressing. Oh, yeah. I mean, even St. Paul in the Bible talked about, like, women covering their heads. Like, you know, maybe he didn't say, oh, you should cover your body, too, but it's implied, you know? (laughs) Sure. I think the one other thing that I think is worth mentioning, just from personal experience, is when I sort of came to terms with, you know, maybe I should dress a little bit more modestly and kind of realize now maybe I'm not as modest as I could be. Uh, I sort of had a hard time transitioning over to it because you had this desire, but you didn't have the wardrobe. 
So mm. you're looking at all of your shirts and your dresses and stuff and you, you look at them <laughs> and you think, oh, gee, I'm not sure I feel comfortable wearing this anymore, but you don't have anything else to wear. Ooh, yeah. um, I guess there's not much to say about it, except it, it took me time, you know, to kind of look for a more modest wardrobe, you know, one, one outfit at a time. Uh, and slowly weeding out the immodest stuff or, you know, buying things that help make your immodest stuff modest for the time being, different sorts of coverings and things. doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a sweater, but um, those things helped me a lot. Uh, so that well, I, then let's, let's know. talk about our last, last subject. Cause that's totally um, a segue into it is the benefits of modesty. Like, why should we do this? Why is modesty something, you know, physical modesty and dress, why mm -hmm. is that something that we should do? And what, from your perspective, Beth, is um, what, what are the benefits of modesty to you? I guess for me, I just generally felt more feminine. I, I don't really know another way to describe it. But once I started to particularly wear dresses more, because they tend to be a little bit more modest than pants. And, and I mean, yes, there are some pants that are more modest than skirts. And I would say, yes, there's you could wear those as well. But um in general, dresses are designed to sort of cover up more of your body. So in that sense, you are a little bit more veiled and there you are more feminine. Um, mm. uh, so for me, when I started wearing those, I think I, I felt more feminine and I felt more comfortable. I don't know what it was, but once you get dresses of the appropriate length, I, you know, I felt like it was way more comfortable than wearing skinny jeans or short shorts yeah i don't mm -hmm. feeling maybe everybody else doesn't feel that way when they dress that way but i did what about yourself yeah very much so it just for me it was i became way less self-conscious oh yes that's a good way to put it <laughs> i became you know i was miserably self-conscious when i was because I, I never dressed like you know a floozy or anything but, yeah, no, I, <laughs> you know, but certainly absolutely I had very immodest stuff from time to time and it always made me it I always had to like work myself up to wearing it you know had to get in this mentality of okay I'm worthy I I need to just show the world you know I'm beautiful kind of thing mm -hmm. when you know I didn't necessarily actually feel that way. I felt like um, super self-conscious and a little shy and um, just awkward, to be honest. So absolutely, I second your, I felt more feminine and I felt less self-conscious. And also one one benefit that I've, I've found actually just recently, and this is going to sound kind of dumb, but hopefully <laughs> other women will... Um, perhaps identify with it is I'm starting to think of, of modesty as more of um, my ultimate childhood fantasies come to life now. Like I can really wear, you know, everyday princess dresses <laughs> if I really <laughs> want to, <laughs> obviously not actually, you know, tutus or anything, but, you know, those long flowing dresses that you see in movies or you read about in, in books and literature, why not wear them? Mm -hmm. Or why not wear a modern equivalent of that? And that, it's silly. It may sound silly, but 
that's really revolutionized how I think about it because what's that, uh, what that has translated into my life is exactly what you said, more dresses. But I found like, I don't have to wear exactly what's on the rack. I can look for the dresses that I, that I feel actually beautiful in. So what that has translated to me is wearing a lot of maxi dresses, Mm -hmm. really long flowing kind of, um, I don't want to say hippie, but, you know, just kind of um, flowery, beautiful, flowy dresses. So that's been kind of fun. Yeah, no, I get what you mean, because you you sort of you feel more beautiful when you are wearing a modest dress. Um, Maybe that feeling doesn't come if you're somebody who's never had a concept of modesty. But for myself, um, when I compare it to maybe a dress I wore in college or something where it's sure maybe the shoulders were covered, but. Uh, I felt like maybe it was like a little bit close to the short side, but not there. I had to keep adjusting it. I kept pulling it down, making sure it wasn't riding up or anything. Contrast Mm -hmm. that with, you said, like a dress that's more a little bit longer and flowy. I, I feel great in it. I can, you know, go about my day feeling pretty. Like you said, princess is a good way to put, even though it sounds in a way cheesy, but you you feel like you can dance in the kitchen and sing with the birds. Like it's just, (laughs) and it's a good feeling. (laughs) Exactly. That is such a good way of putting it. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, if you're, if some Catholics aren't there yet. I I hope that the more they do it, the more you realize. I think the more you wear those pretty, more modest, flowy, or I mean, even ones that are not completely flowy dresses, you sort of your mindset changes. And then when you start to wear something that maybe you considered modest before, again, after you've been dressing a little more modestly, you suddenly realize, oh my gosh, that wasn't modest. Yeah. I feel like I'm showing too much of myself now. that's, That's how I felt. Right. Oh, exactly. Before we go, can we quickly just talk about this argument about comfort and modesty? Like, for example, oh, man, I wear yoga pants to mass because they're just so much more comfortable (laughs) than anything else I have to wear. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get that one either because... Okay, sure, maybe your yoga pants are comfortable or your leggings, but is it so hard to wear a shirt or a dress that also covers the bum? Like, <laughs> it's, you're not ruining your comfort by putting that with your tight pants. Like, right. I don't know. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It, the, it, it's such, that should have been in our myths segment of just like, it, wearing it's a dress is not uncomfortable well okay if you're gonna wear a bandage dress circa like 2010 (laughs) around that you have to have like five layers of spanx on okay yeah that's gonna be super uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but if you wear just normal modest beautiful clothing i can guarantee you it is not gonna be uncomfortable just try it like if you are skeptical and listening to this just try it yeah just try to find something that works for you and then just just try it out see if we're lying yeah I think it also helped my self-esteem I don't know about yours but when you do wear sort of a more um feminine flowy for lack of better words dress you like covers up more of your flub 
So <laughs> when you wear the pants, your flub is usually a little bit more shown and you get a little self-conscious about it. But when you wear the dress, you kind of forget about the flub. At least, I don't know, that's me. And then I'm like, wow, I look so pretty and thin and everything. <laughs> when you go back to wearing the tighter pants or the tighter dress, you're, you're like, wow, you know. And to me, that's more uncomfortable than wearing the modest clothes. Oh my word. It's such an added benefit. It's so much more flattering. At least I, I, I totally agree on, on my perspective too. Like it's so much easier, so much more comfortable and way more flattering than anything I, I wore before. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, I think we've summed up the topic of modesty as well as we're so. going to for people who are not thoroughly educated on the theology of modesty. <laughs> Hey, and if any of you have a suggestion on who would be a good um, guest for our next show on modesty to kind of talk about the theology and the objectiveness of modesty in both dress and um, deportment, I guess, um, please shoot us an email, uh, send us a tweet, give us some ideas, because we would love to interview someone who is an actual expert on this, this probably in theology of the body, all that. And if you would like to dress more modestly and are struggling with maybe you know, what is modest or I have no idea how to even start dressing modestly or I have a small budget or something, um, I, I feel like you would say too, but feel free to message me or, or, or Teresa as well because like we could we could try to help you. It's fun. I mean, I, I think it's fun to shop for dresses. And I think most women do. So <laughs> if you do need a little bit of help um, getting there, we don't mind helping. Absolutely. Good idea. All right. Well, I guess this concludes our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Uh, please look us up on Twitter at Freed Feminism. Shoot us an email at freedfromfeminism at gmail.com. And we will see you next episode. Thanks again.